Act One of The Tempest by William Davenant and John Dryden. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae Alonzo, read by Algie Pug. Antonio, read by Leonard Wilson. Ariel, Aeolus, read by Libby Gone. Caliban, Second Devil, Tethys, read by Alan Mapstone. Dorinda, read by Marion Carwin. Ferdinand, read by Eden Ray Hedrick. Gonzalo, read by Bob Neufeld. Hippolito and Cabin Boy, read by Lambda. Miltra, First Devil, Amphitrite, read by Avaii. Miranda, Stefano, and Rapine, read by Elizabeth Clett. Mustaccio, Third Devil, Neptune, read by Christine G. Prospero, read by Bruce Peary. Sycorax, Murder, Oceanus, read by Lucy Perry. Trinculo and Fraud, read by M.B. Ventoso, Pride, read by Francis Brown. Narrated by Elizabeth Clatt. Prologue As when a tree's cut down, the secret root lives underground, and thence new branches shoot. So, from old Shakespeare's honoured dust, this day springs up and buds a new reviving play. Shakespeare, who, taught by none, did first impart to Fletcher wit, to labouring Johnson art. He monarch-like gave those, his subjects, law, and is that nature which they paint and draw. Fletcher reached that which on his heights did grow, whilst Johnson crept and gathered all below. This did his love, and this his mirth digest. One imitates him most, the other best. If they have since outwrit all other men, tis with the drops which fell from Shakespeare's pen. The storm which vanished on the neighbouring shore was taught by Shakespeare's tempest first to roar. That innocence and beauty which did smile in Fletcher grew on this enchanted isle. But Shakespeare's magic could not copied be, Within that circle none durst walk but he. I must confess t'was bold, nor would you now that liberty to vulgar wits allow, which works by magic supernatural things, but Shakespeare's power is sacred as a king's. Those legends from old priesthood were received, and he then writ, as people then believed. But if for Shakespeare we your grace implore, we for our theatre shall want it more who by our dearth of youths are forced to employ one of our women to present a boy. And that's a transformation, you will say, exceeding all the magic in the play. Let none expect in the last act to find her sex transformed from man to womankind. Whate'er she was before the play began, all you shall see of her is perfect man. Or, if your fancy will be further led to find her woman, it must be a bed. Act One, Scene One. The front of the stage is opened, and the band of twenty-four violins, 
with the harpsichols and theorbos which accompany the voices, are placed between the pit and the stage. While the overture is playing, the curtain rises, and discovers a new frontispiece, joined to the great pilasters, on each side of the stage. This frontispiece is a noble arch, supported by large wreathed columns of the Corinthian order. The wreathings of the columns are beautified with roses wound round them, and several cupids flying about them. On the cornice just over the capitals sits on either side a figure with a trumpet in one hand and a palm in the other, representing fame. A little farther, on the same cornice on each side of a compass pediment, lie a lion and a unicorn, the supporters of the royal arms of England. In the middle of the arch are several angels, holding the king's arms, as if they were placing them in the midst of that compass pediment. Behind this is the scene, which represents a thick cloudy sky, a very rocky coast, and a tempestuous sea in perpetual agitation. This tempest, supposed to be raised by magic, has many dreadful objects in it, as several spirits in horrid shapes flying down amongst the sailors, then rising and crossing in the air. And when the ship is sinking, the whole house is darkened, and a shower of fire falls upon them. This is accompanied with lightning and several claps of thunder, to the end of the storm. Enter Mustacho and Ventoso. Oh, what a sea comes in! A foaming sea! We shall have foul weather. Enter Trinculo. The scud comes hard against the wind, will blow hard. Enter Stefano. Boatswain! Here, master! What say you? Ill weather! Let's off to sea. Let's have sea room enough, and then let it blow the devil's head off. Boy! Boy! Enter cabin boy. Yo, yo! Here, master. Give the pilot a dram of the bottle. Exeunt Stefano and boy. Enter mariners and pass over the stage. Bring the cable to the capstorm. Enter Alonzo, Antonio, and Gonzalo. Good boatswain, have a care. Where's the master? Play the men. Pray keep below. Where's the master, boatswain? Do you not hear him? You hinder us. Keep your cabins. You help the storm. Nay, good friend, be patient. Ay, when the sea is. Hence, what care these roars for the name of the duke? To cabin, silence, trouble us not. Good friend, remember whom thou hast aboard. Not that I love more than myself. You are a counsellor. If you can advise these elements to silence, use your wisdom. If you cannot, make yourself ready in the cabin for the ill hour. Cheerly, good hearts. Out of our way, sirs! Exeunt Trinculo and Mariners. I have great comfort from this fellow. Methinks his complexion is perfect gallows. Stand fast, good fate, to his hanging. Make the rope of his destiny our cable, for our own does little advantage us. If he be not born to be hanged, we shall be drowned. Exit. Enter Trinculo and Stefano. Up aloft, lads! Come, reef both topsails. Make haste! Let's weigh, let's weigh, and off to sea! Exit Stefano. Enter two mariners and pass over the stage. Hands down! Man your capstorm! Enter Mustacho and Ventoso at the other door. Up aloft! And man your sea capstorm! My lads, my hearts of gold, get in your capstorm bar! Ho up, ho up! Exeunt Mustacho and Ventoso. Enter Stefano. Hold on well, hold on well. 
Nip well there. Quartermaster, let's get more nippers. Exit Stefano. Enter two mariners and pass over again. Turn out! Turn out! All hands the capstorm! You dogs, isn't it time to sleep? Lubbard! Heave together, lads! Trinkolo whistles. Exeunt Mustacho and Ventoso. Mustacho within. Our vials broke. Ventoso within. Tis but our vile block has given way. Come, heave, lads. We are fixed again. Heave together, bullies. Enter Stefano. Cut down the hammocks. Cut down the hammocks. Come, my lads. Come, bullies, cheer up. Heave lustily. The anchor's a peak. Is the anchor speak? Is away, is away. Up aloft, my lads, upon the forecastle. Cut the anchor. Cut him. Hold, cat. Hold, cat. Hold, cat. Hold. Hold, cat. Aft, aft, and loose the mizzen. Get the mizzen tack aboard. Hold aft, mizzen sheet. Enter Mustacho. Loose the main topsail. Let him alone, there's too much wind. Loose foresail. Hold aft, both sheets. Trim her right afore the wind. Aft! Aft, lads, and hail up the mizzen here. A mackerel gale, master. Port hard, port. The wind veers forward, bringing the tack aboard. Port is. Starboard, starboard. A little steady. Now, steady. Keep her thus. No, nearer you cannot come till the sails are loose. Some hands down. The guns are loose. Exit, Mustacho. Try the pump! Try the pump! Exit, Ventoso. Enter Mustacho at the other door. Oh, master, six foot water in hold. Clap the helm harder weather. Flat, flat, flat in the foresheet there. Overhaul your fore bowling. Brace in the larboard. Exit. A curse upon this howling! A great cry within. They're louder than the weather. Enter Antonio and Gonzalo. You again? What do you hear? Shall we give o'er and drown? Have you a mind to sink? A pox on your throat, you bawling, blasphemous, uncharitable dog. Work you then, and be poxed. Hang, cur, hang, you hoarse and insolent noisemaker. We are less afraid to be drowned than thou art. Ease the forebrace a little. Exit. I'll warrant him for drowning, though thy ship were no stronger than a nutshell, and as leak as an unstaunched wench. Enter Alonzo and Ferdinand. For myself I care not, but your loss brings a thousand deaths to me. Oh, name not me, I am grown old, my son. I now am tedious to the world, and that by use is so to me. But, Ferdinand, I grieve my subject's loss in thee. Alas, I suffer justly for my crimes, but why thou shouldst? Oh, heaven! A cry within. Hark! Farewell, my son, a long farewell. Enter Trinculo, Mustacho, and Ventoso. What? Must our mouths be cold, then? All's lost. To prayers, to prayers. The Duke and Prince are gone within to prayers. Let's assist them. Nay, we may and pray to our cases now alike. Mercy upon us! We split! We split! Let's all sink with the Duke and the young Prince. Exeunt. Enter Stefano and Trinculo. The ship is sinking! A new cry within. Run ashore! Luff! Luff! Or we are all lost! 
there's a rock upon the starboard bow she strikes she strikes all shift for themselves scene two in the midst of the shower of fire the scene changes the cloudy sky rocks and sea vanish and when the lights return discover that beautiful part of the island which was the habitation of prospero tis composed of three walks of cypress trees each sidewalk leads to a cave in one of which prospero keeps his daughter in the other hippolito the middle walk is of great depth and leads to an open part of the island enter prospero and miranda miranda where's your sister i left her looking from the pointed rock at the walk's end on the huge beat of waters it is a dreadful object if by your art my dearest father you have put them in this roar allay them quickly i have so ordered that not one creature in the ship is lost i have done nothing but in care of thee my daughter and thy pretty sister you both are ignorant of what you are not knowing whence i am nor that i'm more than prospero master of a narrow cell and thy unhappy father i ne'er endeavoured to know more than you were pleased to tell me i should inform thee farther you often sir began to tell me what i am but then you stopped the hour is now come obey and be attentive canst thou remember a time before we came into this cell i do not think thou canst for then thou wert not full three years old certainly i can sir tell me the image then of anything which thou dost keep in thy remembrance still sir had i not four or five women once that tended me thou hadst and more miranda what seest thou else in the dark backward and abyss of time if thou rememberest aught ere thou camest here then how thou camest thou mayest remember too sir that i do not fifteen years since miranda thy father was the duke of milan and a prince of power sir are not you my father thy mother was all virtue and she said thou wast my daughter and thy sister too oh heavens what foul play had we that we hither came or wast a blessing that we did both both my girl but sir i pray proceed my brother and thy uncle called antonio to whom i trusted then the manage of my state while i was wrapped with secret studies that false uncle having attained the craft of granting suits and of denying them whom to advance or lop for overtopping soon was grown the ivy which did hide my princely trunk and sucked my verdure out thou attendest not oh good sir i do i thus neglecting worldly ends and bent to closeness and the bettering of my mind waked in my false brother an evil nature he did believe he was indeed the duke because he then did execute the outward face of sovereignty dost thou still mark me your story would cure deafness this false duke needs would be absolute melon and confederate with savoy's duke to give him tribute and to do him homage false man this duke of savoy being an enemy to me inveterate straight grants my brother's suit and on a night mated to his design antonio opened the gates of milan 
and in the dead of darkness hurried me thence with thy young sister and thy crying self but wherefore did they not at that hour destroy us they durst not girl in millen for the love my people bore me in short they hurried us away to savoy and thence aboard a bark at nissa's port bore us some leagues to sea when they prepared a rotten carcass of a boat not rigged no tackle sail or mast the very rats instinctively had quit it alack what trouble was i then to you thou and thy sister were two cherubims which did preserve me you both did smile infused with fortitude from heaven how came we ashore by providence divine some food we had and some fresh water which a nobleman of savoy called gonzalo appointed master of that black design gave us with rich garments and all necessaries which since have steaded much and of his gentleness knowing i loved my books he furnished me from mine own library with volumes which i prize above my dukedom would i might see that man here in this island we arrived and here have i your tutor been but by my skill i find that my mid-heaven doth depend on a most happy star whose influence if i now court not but omit my fortunes will ever after droop here cease more questions thou art inclined to sleep tis a good dullness and give it way i know thou canst not choose she falls asleep come away my spirit i am ready now approach my ariel come enter ariel all hail great master grave sir hail i come to answer thy best pleasure be it to fly to swim to shoot into the fire to ride into the curled clouds to thy strong bidding task ariel and all his qualities hast thou spirit performed to point the tempest that i bade thee to every article i boarded the duke's ship now on the beak now in the waist the deck in every cabin i flamed amazement and sometimes i seemed to burn in many places on the topmast the yards the bowsprit i did flame distinctly nay once i rained a shower of fire upon them my brave spirit who was so firm so constant that this coil did not infect his reason not a soul but felt a fever of the mind and played some tricks of deception all but mariners plunged in the foaming brine and quit the vessel the duke's son ferdinand with hair upstaring more like reeds than hair was the first man that leaped cried hell is empty and all the devils are here why that's my spirit but was not this nigh shore close by my master but ariel are they safe not a hair perished in troops i have dispersed them round this isle the duke's son i have landed by himself whom i have left warming the air with sighs in an odd angle of the isle and sitting his arms enfolded in this sad knot say how thou hast disposed the mariners of the duke's ship and all the rest of the fleet safely in harbour is the duke's ship in that deep nook where once thou calledst me up at midnight to fetch dew from the still vexed bermouths the mariners all under hatches stowed whom with a charm joined to their suffered labour i have left asleep and for the rest of the fleet which i dispersed they have all met again and are upon the mediterranean float 
bound sadly home from Italy, supposing that they saw the Duke's ship wrecked and his great person perish. Ariel, thy charge exactly is performed, but there's more work. What is the time of the day? Past the mid-season. At least two glasses. The time twixt six and now must by us both be spent most preciously. Is there more toil? Since thou dost give me pains, let me remember thee what thou hast promised, which is not yet performed me. How now, Moody? What is it thou canst demand? My liberty. Before the time be out? No more. I prithee remember I have done thee faithful service, told thee no lies, made thee no mistakings, served without or grudge or grumblings. Thou didst promise to bait me a full year. Dost thou forget from what a torment I did free thee? No. Thou dost, and thinkest it much to tread the ooze of the salt deep, to run against the sharp wind of the north, to do my business in the veins of the earth when it is baked with frost. I do not, sir. Thou liest, malignant thing. Hast thou forgot the foul witch Sycorax, who with age and envy was grown into a hoop? Hast thou forgot her? No, sir. Thou hast. Where was she born? Speak, tell me. Sir, in Argier. Oh, was she so? I must once every month recount what thou hast been, which thou forgettest. This damned witch Sycorax, for mischiefs manifold and sorceries too terrible to enter human hearing, from Argier thou knowest, was banished. But for one thing she did, they would not take her life. Is not this true? Aye, sir. This blue-eyed hag was hither brought with child, and here was left by the sailors. Thou, my slave, as thou reportest thyself, wast then her servant, and cause thou wast a spirit too delicate to act her earthly and abhorred commands, refusing her grand hests, she did confine thee, by help of her more potent ministers, in her unmitigable rage, into a cloven pine, within whose rift imprisoned thou didst painfully remain a dozen years within which space she died and left thee there where thou didst vent thy groans as fast as mill-wheels strike then was this isle save for two brats which she did litter here the brutish caliban and his twin sister two freckled hag-born whelps not honoured with a human shape yes caliban her son and sycorax his sister dull thing i say so he that caliban and she that sycorax whom i now keep in service thou best knowest what torment i did find thee in thy groans did make wolves howl and penetrate the breasts of ever angry bears it was a torment to lay upon the damned which sycorax could ne'er again undo it was my art when i arrived and heard thee that made the pine to gape and let thee out i thank thee master if thou more murmurest i will rend an oak and peg thee in his knotty entrails till thou hast howled away twelve winters more pardon master i will be correspondent to commands and be a gentle spirit do so and after two days i'll discharge thee thanks my great master but i have yet one request what's that my spirit i know that this day's business is important requiring too much toil for one alone 
I have a gentle spirit for my love, who twice seven years has waited for my freedom. Let it appear. It will assist me much, and we with mutual joy shall entertain each other. This I beseech you grant me. You shall have your desire. That's my noble master. Milcha! Milcha flies down to his assistance. I am here, my love. Thou art free. Welcome, my dear. What shall we do? Say, say, what shall we do? Be subject to no sight but mine, invisible to every eyeball else. Hence, with diligence, anon thou shalt no more. They both fly up and cross in the air. To Miranda. Thou hast slept well, my child. The sadness of your story put heaviness in me. Shake it off. Come on, I'll now call Caliban, my slave, who never yields us a kind answer. Tis a creature, sir, I do not love to look on. But as it is, we cannot miss him. He does make our fire, fetch in our wood, and serve in offices that profit us. What ho, slave! Caliban, thou earth, thou speak. Caliban, within. There's wood enough within. Thou poisonous slave, got by the devil himself upon thy wicked dam, come forth. As wicked dew as e'er my mother brushed with raven's feather from unwholesome fens, drop on you both. A south-west wind blow on you, and blister you all o'er. For this be sure to-night thou shalt have cramps, side-stitches that shall pen thy breath up, urchins shall prick thee till thou bleed'st, thou shalt be pinched as thick as honeycombs, each pinch more stinging than the bees which made them. I must eat my dinner. This island's mine, by Sycorax my mother, which thou took'st from me when thou camest first thou strokest me and madest much of me wouldst give me water with berries in't and teach me how to name the bigger light and how the less that burn by day and night and then i loved thee and showed thee all the qualities of the isle the fresh springs the brine pits barren places and fertile cursed be i that i did so all the charms of sycorax toads beetles bats light on thee for i am all the subjects that thou hast i first was mine own lord and here thou stayest me in this hard rock whilst thou dost keep from me the rest of the island thou most lying slave whom stripes may move not kindness i have used thee filth as thou art with human care and lodged thee in mine own cell till thou didst seek to violate the honour of my children oh ho oh ho would it had been done thou didst prevent me i had peopled else this isle with calibans abhorred slave who ne'er wouldst any print of goodness take being capable of all ill i pitied thee 
took pains to make thee speak taught thee each hour one thing or other when thou didst not savage know thy own meaning but wouldst gabble like a thing most brutish i endowed thy purposes with words which made them known but thy wild race though thou didst learn had that in it which good natures could not abide to be with therefore wast thou deservedly pent up into this rock you taught me language and my profit by it is that i know to curse the red botch rid you for learning me your language hag seed hence fetch us in fuel and be quick to answer other business shruggest thou malice if thou neglectest or dost unwillingly what i command i'll rack thee with old cramps fill all thy bones with aches make thee roar that beasts shall tremble at thy din no prithee i must obey his art is of such power it would control my dam's god setebos and make a vassal of him so slave hence exeunt prospero and caliban severally enter dorinda o oh, sister what have i beheld what is it moves you so from yonder rock as i my eyes cast down upon the seas the whistling winds blew rudely on my face and the waves roared at first i thought the war had been between themselves but straight i spied a huge great creature oh you mean the ship it's not a creature then it seemed alive but what of it this floating ram did bear his horns above all tied with ribbons ruffling in the wind sometimes he nodded down his head a while and then the waves did heave him to the moon he clambering to the top of the billows and then he curtsied down so low i could not see him till at last all side long with a great crack his belly burst in pieces there all had perished had not my father's magic art relieved them but sister i have stranger news to tell you in this great creature there were other creatures and shortly we may chance to see that thing which you have heard my father call a man but what is that for yet he never told me i know no more than you but i have heard my father say we women were made for him what that he should eat us sister no sure you see my father is a man and yet he does us good i would he were not old methinks indeed it would be finer if we had two young fathers no sister no if they were young my father said we must call them brothers but pray how does it come that we two are not brothers then and have not beards like him now i confess you pose me how did he come to be our father too i think he found us when we both were little and grew within the ground why could he not find more of us pray sister let you and i look up and down one day to find some little ones for us to play with agreed but now we must go in this is the hour wherein my father's charm will work which seizes all who are in the open air the effect of this great art i long to see which will perform as much as magic can and i methinks more long to see a man Exeunt. End of Act One